Father, we thank you. And Lord, you're to be praised for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord God, for saving that soul this morning, Lord God. You are worthy. And it's just a time for this church to rejoice. Lord God, thank you for the mighty work that you're doing here. Lord God, keep us humble. Help us not, Lord God, to get arrogant or, or become boastful, Lord God, but help us to, to just rejoice and glorify in that you're here and you've determined to work among us. Lord God, thank you for using us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you. And Lord God, tonight I pray that you speak your word and that you give clarity of mind and clarity of, of thought and heart and that everyone is receptive to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, take your Bibles and turn to Luke, Luke chapter 22. Now, in our study, in the look, of, in look into the 12, um, those of you that are just picking up, to, we, we do, on, on Sunday nights, we're doing a breakdown of the 12 disciples. So we're doing a study, and so it's titled, A Look Into the Twelve. So tonight's, um, tonight's message is, is a little bit different. You know, we've been focusing on Peter. We've done Philip. We've done Nathaniel. We've, we've done Judas. And, and now we're focusing on Peter. And so Peter is kind of a long, long portion of this, okay? But there's a, and we've been working with his difficulties, the difficulties Peter had. Um, we, and keep in mind, I, want you to I don't want you to forget as we continue to go through this, remember, this is not just interesting information about the disciples. This is how it applies to you, okay? Because the same struggles that they have had, you have, okay? Just remember that. So tonight as we begin in Luke chapter 22, and we're going to go to verse 45, we're going to talk about the ignorance of the disciples, the ignorance of the disciples. So we're kind of going to talk about all of them. Peter is going to be a focus here, but the ignorance of the disciples. And now, first off, let's understand ignorance. Ignorance is what? It's a lack of knowledge or un a, a, the status of being unaware, unawareness, okay? Um, it can be either or. Now, now, some of it's intentional. Sometimes ignorance is intentional. Has anyone ever just attempted not to learn something. Now, I don't need to know. Exactly. I don't need to know that. That's more than, and you want to remain ignorant. Now, once again, as I always say, this is not me calling you ignorant. If I was calling you ignorant, I would call you ignorant. Okay. <laughs> so let's make sure we get that right. Okay. That's if I'm trying to insult you, but I'm saying ignorant and referring to lack of knowledge or, and, and, and just an unawareness of something. Okay. And I want you to make this other note before we read scripture, okay? You ready? Ignorance is powerful in the wrong hands. Ignorance is powerful in the wrong hands. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 22, verse 45. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now stop right there. We're going to continue on, but I want to go back and I want to address a few things. Okay, go back to verse 45. 
When he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. Now, let's get this. Okay, we understand in this in the garden, Jesus has been given this. He's given the direction to the disciples. Pray. He's telling them to pray. Stay alert. Pray. Pray. And he's gone back to them several times. And each time he went, they were what? Sleeping. Now, Luke says something interesting because it says he found them sleeping from sorrow. They were so heavy burdened with everything that was going on that their actual reaction was the, the exact opposite of what it should have been. They took a nap when they should have been alert. OK, the sorrow just wore down. And this is the danger of any disciple. And this is the danger of all of them is the simple fact that when you get burdened down, and you get heavy laden with something and, and God has given you something, you tend to just sit on it and not do anything with it. Now, Jesus told them, if you look at verse 46, look at the last part. He said, get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Sleeping was the last thing they needed to do. They're in a season in their lives where they need to be alert. They need to be aware so they would not be ignorant of what's going to happen. OK, now this situation here, they're, they're so heavenly. They're all, keep in mind, this sorrow is because not because of the fact that we know Jesus is about to go and sacrifice himself, but also because they're going to be out without Jesus, the one that they've been spending all of these years, some of them just about a year and a half, some of them up to three years. But they spent all this time with him and he's about to go away. And then they're not realizing what? That he's coming back again. See, they had they had ignorance about the even though Jesus has told them, John chapter 14, I'm coming back again. OK, even though Jesus has told them and told them over and over again, they are still grieving and they are still hurting and their ignorance is causing them to shut down. OK. Their lack of really knowing what's going on. And why didn't they know? Why, did, why could they not grasp it? We talked about this last week. The Holy Spirit. There was something that was missing there, and that was the Holy Spirit. At this point in time in their lives, the Holy Spirit was not there. So let's keep reading. Okay? <clears throat> in verse 47, it says, While he was still speaking, behold, a crowd came, and the one called Judas one of the twelve was preceding them, and he, was and he approached Jesus to kiss him. Now, Scripture mentions specifically that he's about to kiss him, okay? We're going to deal with that in a moment. But Jesus said in verse 48, look at this. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Now, this puts a whole new element on everything. Was Judas fully aware that he was betraying Jesus? Was Judas fully aware that he was betraying Jesus? Why, why, no, he was, a, he was aware of what he did, but he didn't know who, he still didn't acknowledge who Jesus was. J Judas did not ever acknowledge Jesus as who? As the son of God or as the son of man. He didn't do that. So he, he knew he was betraying him. Why? Because he had the money in his hand, right? Keep in mind, and we go, we'll go back to Satan was in control, because remember at the crucifixion, how we talked about, well, this is another class, where we're talking about Satan was just moving around, he was just going through, and he was controlling, and he was stirring, he was, in, he was very active at, this, at the crucifixion. But here's another thing that we, we, we missed. Judas was fully aware, because Jesus told him where? 
at the, at, at the Lord's Supper that he, Satan entered into him. He said, do what you do, do it quickly. If you, you know, go ahead and do it. He was speaking to who? Okay, because Satan had entered in. But Judas had already determined that he was going to betray him because at that point in time, he had already received what? He had already received the money, the price, the 30 shekels, the, the, yeah, the 30 pieces of silver, okay, the price of a slave. He had already received that. So notice what Jesus says in verse 48. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man? Now, if you look at son of man, you see, and you know I'm big on this. Son is what? Capitalized. Of man is what? Which, in, which implies what? Deity. Exactly. He's talking to him, and then he says, with a kiss. Now, understand what the kiss means. Get the kiss, because this is completely important. Judas was no scholar, <laughs> okay? And Judas was also no, no, let's just say, lack of a better term, religious person. Bless you. But he knew a little bit about the culture, but not enough. In the Jewish culture, what does a kiss mean? It's a greeting. It's a sign of affection, okay, to the one that you're greeting. It's a sign of affection. And when you kiss someone, it also ties you to brotherly love. It's, it's, it's this bond that you have. A kiss in the Jewish culture means um, it, it's, it's, you know, we don't do it in America, okay? We don't just walk up and start kissing each other, right? We don't do that. And there's different meanings in different cultures. But here, it is a very intimate situation. And it signifies that you are intimate with this person, okay? Not intimate sexually, but intimate in the relationship, okay? Or that that's where the, the relationship is going there. So he says, are you going to greet the Son of Man with a kiss? You're going to take one of the most intimate things that we do as Jews, okay? As Jews, this is how we greet each other. Because Paul, we find Paul in Scripture tells often how greet each other with what? A brotherly kiss, okay? Understand. So I want you to hold Luke chapter 22, and I want you to go to Mark chapter 14. Go to Mark chapter 14. And go to verse 44. Don't lose Luke. We're going to go back there. Now this is where the, the whole thing gets not tricky but i want you to understand some verse 44 now he who was betraying him we know was judas had given them a signal saying whomever i kiss now stop now the pharisees are betraying jesus they're trying to trap jesus right now they allow judas to come into their midst and say i will give him a kiss the one thing that the pharisaical people should have been completely said, no, you can't do that. You know, they already had their own issues, but if you're going to betray him, don't do it with a kiss. But they were so determined in their ways that they didn't care how he betrayed them. And so he came with, the, with an intimate sign of affection, the, and the Jews were going to see it, the Pharisees were going to see it, and yet they were so blind and so ignorant to what was going on that they didn't even address the fact that he's selling them out with one of the most intimate things that you can do, Jew to Jew. Now get this. Get this. Look at this. Whoever, whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him and lead him un away under guard. Listen to those words and listen to what they're asking. You never kiss someone 
and then arrest them. Okay, not even in our culture. You don't arrest someone. You know, police officers say, hey, come here. Let me kill you. <laughs> didn't put the, hey, but you don't do that. That's, that was completely contrary to, the, to the, Jew, the culture of the Jews. Okay? After coming to him, look at verse 45. After coming, Jesus immediately went to him saying, Judas immediately went to him and said, Rabbi. Now, he did something else there. What happened? He called him rabbi, which means what? Which means what, though? What, what does that mean? How is he acknowledging him? As master, as teacher, but he, yeah, okay, keep in mind, what is he doing, though? I, 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 you know the answer I'm looking for. What is he doing by calling him rabbi? What is he doing? Yeah, but, but what is he doing? Rabbi. Think about it. Yeah. Exactly. He's establishing something there. What did he establish? <laughs> Y'all are trying. We're getting there. You're close. What is he trying? Everybody chime in. Come on. And y'all know how we do this on Sunday night. What is he trying to do? What, is he, what has he done when he said, look at this again. After coming, Judas immediately went to him saying, Rabbi, what is he doing? He's identifying, but keep in mind, what is he doing? What is Judas doing? I know we haven't got to Peter yet, but I want you to, what has Judas done? If, no, he's not asking for forgiveness. Okay, I'll tell y'all, this is enough. All right, uncle. Oh, sorry, what did Christy say? That, and also, he's saying what? Jason's getting close. He's, he's, he's not even, he's not mocking him, but by acknowledging that he's rabbi, okay? When, when was Jesus called rabbi last? Hmm? Think about it, guys. Come on. Think about it. Think about it. Everybody's thinking. All right. We're going to have a homework assignment. I'm not giving you that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, look at this. After coming, Judas immediately went to him saying, Rabbi. We know Rabbi means teacher, right? Okay. Now, here's the other thing. Now, note the, note the hypocrisy. Note the hypocrisy. He identified him as Rabbi. Okay. Who called him Rabbi before? That's what you got to find out. We'll deal with that later. And then he kissed him. He showed him the sign of, the af of affection, okay? He kissed him, and he showed him the sign of affection. And they laid hands on him, and they seized him. Now, you still got Luke, right? All right. Get, take your Bible and turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. Brother Chris, I know it's your first night here, but this is what we do. <laughs> we do this. We want to get it. First Kings chapter 19. <clears throat> Verse 18. Now this is the Lord speaking. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel. All the knees that have not bowed to Baal, 
And every mouth that has not what? What is now look what happened. Look now, this is the Lord speaking. He's speaking of the kiss and the importance of the kiss. I'm focusing on the kiss because I want you to understand how ignorant the disciples are operating, how ignorant Judas is operating right now, even though we're going to get to Peter in a moment, and, and even offering a kiss because the kiss is 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 what now? It's a betrayal of God. It's a betrayal of the intimacy. What would you say, Ms. Linda? It, it, well, it was here. If you kissed that, that temple, and, and y'all, I want you to get this, and y'all know how I am about football. Y'all know how I feel. But every year when Alabama wins that little crystal cow that they get, okay, what do they do with it? They kiss. They take it to Walmart and then they kiss it. They kiss that. They kiss it right there in front of everyone, don't they? Brickyard 400, Indianapolis 400, when they win, kiss the bricks. Y'all got to understand, they're operating in complete ignorance. You, you, you can be operating because I want you to understand what God is saying about the kiss and then understand what Judas has done with the kiss. Okay, by kissing, by kissing Jesus, okay, but not only kissing Jesus, but he kissed him in a hypocritical way. That's what you have to understand. It's, it's the sign of his hypocrisy there. Judas had no idea. He, he knew he was betraying Jesus, but he had no idea the level of the betrayal by, by taking a kiss. And keep in mind, the Gospels are talking about Judas kissing him. That is key. That is key because when the Gospels talk about a kiss, and then you look at it in 1 Kings, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him, okay? In other words, come into an intimate relationship with another God. That's no God at all. You got it? Are we together? Am I making sense? If you're not getting it, let me know. I'll go back and I'll have Brother Chris teach it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. are we making sense? Okay, so the kiss, now let's go back to Luke. Let's take our Bibles and let's go back to Luke. Luke chapter 22. Now let's read verse 48 one more time. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? Question mark. Now what does that mean? Now look at now that you understand more about the kiss, what does that mean? What does it mean? His level of betrayal, okay, his level of betrayal and level of hypocrisy and the level of the insult that's actually being applied here because even if Jesus was a Jew, let's say he wasn't God. We know he is, but let's say he wasn't, he was just a Jew and he betrayed him. What level of what how low is that? That's what Jesus is saying. How low is this betrayal? Be yeah, well, that and also is that he, he, guess what? He is operating in complete ignorance of how much he is betraying Jesus. Not only is he just turning him over, but he's turning him over in a fashion that's completely, completely a natural insult in their own culture. Slap in the face. Well, let's, it, shows the, it shows the ignorance of, yeah, of Judas, 
And let's go with what Christy just said. She said a slap in the face. You see. The devil did. But Judas is operating differently. I guess I, the devil knew. Yeah, you're right. I'm not saying the devil didn't know. I'm, I'm saying that. But you see, once again, ignorance is powerful in the wrong hands. He keeps Judas completely blind to what's going on. And Judas goes right on in and does it. But now get this. Think about, we talk about the insults with the slaps and the pulling of the beard and the spitting on the face. It starts right there with the kiss. It starts right there with the kiss. Because right after the kiss, what do they do? They arrest him. Now get this. Y'all, we okay? We good? Yes, sir, Chris. He did his research real quick. He's in the Sunday school class with me, so he knows what it means to do his homework quick. So he called him rabbi at the Last Supper. What does that mean? Now, rabbi means what? Teacher. Yes, yeah, exactly. So he's calling him this, and then what? What happens? Once again, the level of betrayal, there it is again. So let's look at this. Okay, let's go on. Thank you, Chris. Look at verse 49. Now we're going to talk about the whole group. We're going to switch back off Judas. Now let's get back to, we're kind of talking about Peter. Let's understand the ignorance that we're dealing with here. Verse 49, when those who were around him saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, Shall we strike with the sword? Now, keep in mind, there's some key words here you have to remember. We often blame Peter for swinging at Malchus, right? Okay? They. Key words in, in 49. Those. First off, all of them saw it. And then they saw what was going to happen. Okay? When all those were who were around him saw what was going to happen, they... Not just Peter here. They said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? So their ignorance is the fight is on. All of them had that ignorant mindset, not understanding. Now, we're going to take our Bibles. We're going to turn to John. Take your Bibles and turn to John and go to chapter 18. Don't lose Luke. Do not lose Luke. Don't lose Luke. We love him so much. Now go to chapter 18 in John and look at verse 10. Simon Peter, Simon Peter, then having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. And the slave's name was Malchus. Now, verse 11. So Jesus said to Peter, put the sword into the sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Now, you have to understand what happened here, okay? John is the only gospel where Peter is called out for swinging the sword. But the other gospels still talk about, hey, are we going to have to fight now? They were all ignorant to the battle that they were supposed to fight. And then Jesus, okay, we're going to go back in a minute, and I'm, we're going to read the rest of Luke. 
Jesus stops Peter and says, put it back in your sheath. The disciples, because first off, they weren't operating according to the Holy Spirit of God. So they thought, this is it. We're all going to go down in a blaze of glory right now. Ignorant to the whole mission. Jesus has already told them that they were going to do many things. You know, when he sent them out, when he sent them out by twos and people were being healed and all of these things were happening. And he told them what? He said, many things, you'll, you'll, greater things than these you will do. Okay. They never connected the fact that this is going to be the work of the Holy Spirit after I'm gone. When he told them, I have to leave. If I don't, the, whole, the comforter will not come. The teacher will not come. The Holy Spirit, you will not be able to do anything until I leave. At this point, all they see is Jesus is getting arrested, and they're all ready to fight. The ignorance of the disciples here is, is that they've chosen the wrong fight. Okay? The ignorance of the disciples in 21st century Alabama is we've chosen the wrong fight. Now, we're better here at Sulphur Springs. I'll admit that, okay? We're getting a lot our minds lined up with missions, right? People are getting it now. We're starting to click. We're starting to gel in that respect, okay? We understand that, hey, church is not about me. It's not about what I like, okay? If the temperature's hot, so David, Brother David sweats a lot. I don't really like looking at it, but I can handle that, okay? <laughs> but the problem is, as they had the problem, in the heat of the moment, in the intensity of the moment, their ignorance was about to cost them all the mission. If they had stayed, if, if, if Jesus hadn't stopped them. If they, you see, and that's the same thing here. See, the ignorance that is powerful in the wrong hands is that the less you know about certain things, the more dangerous you become. Okay? The less you know about the word of God, the more dangerous it is in your hands. Okay? Wrong teaching. Constant wrong teaching. Okay, people saying don't pray for patience. Well, we talked about that. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. You better have patience. Because if you don't have patience, guess what? How can you love? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says love is patient. Very first thing in chapter uh, 13 verse 4. Love is patient. Now, but we have people out teaching right now. Don't pray for patience. You'll get you better pray for patience. James chapter one tells us consider it all joy that you have trials of many kinds so that what? So that you may develop endurance and endurance may be complete. And so you may, will make you complete so you won't lack anything. But Satan has convinced us that, uh, no, I don't want patience. I, I need it now. So our very society is doing what? What is our very society doing now? How many, uh, well, not even that, well, you're part, part of the right, but, you know, guess what? You know, a few months ago, it was okay to have 100 megabyte, megabytes per second on your internet, right? But now that's not enough, 200. Look, we, were, we had 10 megabytes per second and thought, okay, it's okay. We're not willing to wait 10 seconds for the internet to load, are we? Are we? When you live in ignorance, and you don't find out the real things that God is intending for you to do, you'll make the mistake and go out and fight God in the wrong way. Fight for God in the wrong way. You know what I mean? You'll fight for God in the wrong way when you really don't know what you should be doing. He does. And <laughs> Brother Jimmy, you, you okay, let's go on to the next, next thing. 
I look, it ain't my word, it's God's word. If somebody else can finish it for me, I'm completely fine with that. That's good. He does have a way of turning your ignorance around. He has a way of steering you and taking that ignorance. Okay, let's, let's take this. Let's take the Garden of Eden. <coughs> God told Adam, you can touch any tree in the garden except for which one? Which one? The tree, the one in the center, which was the tree of what? Not, and what is ignorance? Huh? Yeah. But that one you didn't need to touch. Why? He wanted you to remain ignorant of that one. Why? Why? But, but why did he tell them? Why did he tell them in Genesis not to touch that tree? Go to the scripture. It says in the word of God why he told him. Okay. Go to Genesis. Hmm. Lest you die. Why? Because, thank you, brother Charles, because of sin. God didn't, listen, we were going to be better off not knowing about sin than we would have if we'd known about sin, right? Right? Anybody, does anybody want to say, oh, God, I'm thankful I got my sin. I want to keep it for a while. The, who, who wants that? You, nobody wants that, right? So God, in his love for us, protecting us from, because guess what? When they ate of it, what happened? It opened their eyes to what? Not that they were going to be like God, but the, Satan told them that they were going to be like him. They were guilty. They realized that, guess what? God was already, you know, you, you're, you're still a sinful person. But now you've taken of this tree, and guess what? Now you know it. You know what I mean? Because you're naked. And so, so, so look at this. I want you to get this, okay? That ignorance. That ignorance that was required at that time was for their good. But now your ignorance, you don't have an excuse now for ignorance. No one, has, no one sitting in here has a reason to be ignorant. God says he winked at ignorance. But just like, the, just like Sheila who got saved this morning, she was ignorant up until this point when she got up and went to that altar. Now she's without excuse, but now she's saved, okay? She knew. See, no, anyone sitting here this morning, hearing the gospel presented, guess what? They do not have an excuse. If they're lost, they do not have an excuse anymore. The gospel was preached. One responded, got saved. The rest of them, what? They can't claim ignorance anymore. They can't claim ignorance anymore. Now, that's our danger as, a, as disciples. They are without excuse. That's their danger. That's our danger as disciples. The same ignorance that they have here at this time. They're about to fight the wrong battle. Should we pick up our sword, Master? Or should we pick up our sword, Lord? They're wanting to get into a physical fight. Right? Right? Yeah, fishermen about to start fighting. Yes, yeah, they're going to start. But here, you know, and not anything, but there's a Roman cohort here. I mean, there's people, you know, these guys are trained, mili military men, and they're like, sure, Lord, shall we pick up our swords and fight? Should we do this? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like the Romans were going to ask him to make sandwiches, were they? Now look at this. But look at the statement in John chapter 18 and verse 11. I want you to get this. When he told Peter to put his sword back in the sheath, he says this, the cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? The cup with the, which the Father has given me. G- Go ahead. Another get thee behind me Satan moment, but also Jesus is saying I'm operating under the will of the Father. They're completely ignorant that they're operating under the will of the Father. He's not operating for any other reason other than what God has told him to do. The disciples are completely ignorant to that, and guess what they're trying to do? Stop it again. Now, he just told Peter a few scriptures ago, get thee behind me, Satan. You you can't get in the way of this. And here they are now. Hey, it's another time. Let's start scrapping, y'all. Come on, Jason. Not sleeping. Guess probably they would have remained. They probably even they could have come and got Jesus, and those disciples never moved. They just could have kept praying the whole time if they had stayed. But you see, they they did they didn't react. First off, when they were sleeping in the garden, they didn't react the right way. They fell asleep instead of staying alert, praying. Jesus is telling them, "Don't be careful. You're going to get tempted." Then when everybody gets up, what what I do? Oh. Yeah, I'm going back to Genesis. Hold on, Mike. Before you finish that statement, I'm about to tell you to get control of your wife because, you know, she. <laughs> so anyway, but go ahead, Mike. What were you saying? Exactly. This is all the ignorance that they're operating in. All this has been preached. But now I want you to get something. This message is coming down to this. Without the Holy Spirit, you're ignorant. Now, this takes away your excuse, because listen to this carefully. I want you to hear this statement carefully. Now that you are saved, you have what? The Holy Spirit. You, you, you said no excuse. You're right, because the Holy Spirit is going to do what? It's going to reveal everything. But guess what has to happen on your part? <laughs> you see why I'm pastor here, don't you? <laughs> you see why I'm pastor here. But he, but you're right. But you see, they they didn't they didn't heed. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They had Jesus telling them these things, and yet they still didn't yield to what the Father wanted to do. They still kept trying to fight, and so that's why Jesus says, "Wait a minute." Shouldn't am I not supposed to drink from the cup that my father has given me? So un, now go back to Luke. Go back to Luke. Go to verse 50. Now get this. And one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. We know based on John, that's Peter. Like I said, Matthew, Mark and Luke do not mention Peter, but we know it's Peter, right? But Jesus, now look at Jesus' response. 
But Jesus answered and said, stop, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Now, it doesn't mention the statement that was mentioned in John. But when he says, stop, no more of this, what is he saying? Stop, no more of this. What is he saying? What's he saying? Stop no more of this, y'all. That's what he's saying. Don't fight that way. Y'all, everything ain't got to be deep and eggheadish, okay? Come on. I mean, it's just a script. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's trying to like, okay, there's some deep, hmm, let's hum. Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I'm always, but he's saying, stop. No more of this. Don't behave this way. This is not you. He's not telling the Pharisees that. He's not telling the Roman soldiers that he's telling the 12, I mean, the 11 that are here. This is not the way it's going to be. Oh, yeah. He's trying to get his head. Yeah, I mean, how, who pulls a sword and says, I'll teach you a lesson. Yeah. No. Yeah. Kind of like pulling a gun out. First thing I told Bonnie, I said, if you ever pull it, use it. Don't just get out there and wave it. OK. But just <laughs> I mean, you know, he. <laughs> So <laughs> don't pull it down. Yeah, <laughs> warning shot. So look, stop. No more of this. Okay? In other words, this is not how you behave. You're acting in ignorance, but I'm telling you, don't do this anymore. Because their ignorance was going to lead them all to a premature martyrdom. Okay? And all 11 of these guys are going to be responsible in Acts chapter 2 for getting a lot of things rolling, right? So if they had reacted this way, so Jesus had to stop. And then, but then he does this one additional thing. He heals Malchus. That's unique. Why? You say, say that again? That's out of what? And what'd you say? Good point, Miss Linda. And okay, and what'd you say, Mike? After the ear was healed. You're right. So it wasn't it wasn't the time. Yeah. It wasn't the time. So they were they their actions, their actions, there there was a necessity. Okay? But keep in mind. Our ignorance is no longer a necessity, okay? Because we are operating under the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir, Brother Mike. Right, exactly. And, and keep in mind, these disciples don't. We do, okay? Now, here's what we got to get. He's, he touched his ear and he healed him. Now look at verse 52. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple who had come against him, have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against a robber? While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this hour and the power of darkness are yours. You see. This is going to sum this up, and we're going to be done. Jesus, all the way up to this point, says, when they tried to get him, my hour has not come. My, hours ha my hour has not come. My hour has not come. And he always got away. See, the disciples don't realize that. Not only did he get away, but they got away, too. 
okay? But now, no one's getting away. The hour has come. The demons that were cast out and saw Jesus, have you come to torment us before your time, before our time? They, you know, and, and, and all of these things that happened and everything that has been happening with Peter and everything, there's a time tied to it, okay? And when that time comes, this is what we do, this is where we fail as disciples. We fail to acknowledge, we, we continue to act as if the time or the, the way things are ordained and how they fall into place, we tend to think that they're not in the will of God. They're not, they're not happening the way. She, but all of that was destined and designed in the will of God. It was the perfect plan. And the ignorance of the disciples were trying to thwart it every single time. But Satan had been given a direction. Keep this in mind. Satan had been given direction by the Lord to do what he was doing at this time. Keep in mind back at the Last Supper. Every one of them sitting around arguing about who's going to betray him. Meanwhile, at that same time, the one is, that's going to betray him is dipping in the cup. They're so busy yang, yang, yanging that they miss it. Then they don't hear what you do, do quickly. Well, because he only had an hour to do it. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> that was good, though, wasn't it? Anyway. Well, yeah, they couldn't see, but you got to keep in mind, there's still a mob there. There's still a mob there, okay? Um, and, the, and, and then the priest, first off, the priest, you know, their hypocrisy is being shown because, you know, first off, Judas comes up and kisses him. First insult. Oh, he was giving them all mercy. Yeah, he was giving them all mercy. If... You would think, but you would think, but you see, that's the problem that we operate in where we fail in our, in our own ignorance, okay? First off, okay, Jason, very good point. First off, the mercy element is missing from our lives today. It's nothing like it, it should be. Mercy is not. We're unforgiving from everything from the, the, the grocery line to the highway. We're, we're unforgiving, okay? And when Jesus says, stop, no more of this, that behavior, that attitude, everything, that's not required right now. Days of grace, y'all, days of grace, days of grace, days of grace, which means that we should be gracious. Go, uh, Kim, break out your handy-dandy Google device. Look up gracious and understand what that is. I know you know, but I want you to hear the definition of gracious because that's where Jesus was being, even at the point of being arrested and murdered, grace, and during this day, these days of grace, that's what we should be showing. That's what we should be living. And we can't live as if we don't know that because Jesus showed it to his enemies. Keep in mind, he, he said it in, in Matthew chapter 5, love your enemies, okay? Because Jesus said, you have heard it said, what? Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say to you, 
love. But that's Tuesday night. Go ahead with gracious. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Better to be wrong. First Corinthians chapter 13, again, verse six. Merciful, passionate, kind, compassionate, kind. So the disciples aren't aware of any of this because there was no mercy in what they wanted to do to the gang that was coming. There was no mercy to Malchus, okay, or his ear, okay? All of these things happen, and they're operating in full ignorance. They're, they're, they're completely ignorant, okay? Even though Jesus has told them, even though Jesus has talked to them, even though all of these things have happened, they are still living in ignorance. Yeah, they did, but they didn't hear him. Exactly. Because that's when the Holy Spirit was going to come. Later on at Pentecost, we find out the Holy Spirit's going to come and things are going to be different. But my point is tonight is that we talk about Peter and his reaction, and yet he was operating without the power of the Holy Spirit. What's our excuse? What's our excuse? We have zero because we are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you hear about the ignorance of the disciples, lack of knowledge or unawareness of something, it can't apply to you. Unless you're lost. And then we go through Romans chapter 10 again. And then you become aware. Or we can even go to Romans chapter 1. Because God has made himself evident in his very creation. Once again, it's not some Yoda thing. Oh, he's in the trees. He's in the wind. He's in the, it ain't none of that. It's, it, you know, it's none of that. But do you see? So the ignorance of the disciples. Have I confused you completely? Uh, seriously, you know how I am. Do you, you get it? Make sense? Okay, so we find out that all the, we regrouped. Yeah, I know we're still on the Peter portion, but I needed to, you to understand the ignorance, ignorance, because now next week when we get back on Peter, we're going to talk about his actions um, with the denial, his denial, and then after the resurrection. Okay, we're going to talk about his actions there too, because keep in mind he's still operating, minus the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then after a couple of weeks of getting through that, then we're going to get to the actual writings, the first and second Peter, and man you're going to see a transition. And we'll spend some time in Acts 15 with the uh, church in Jerusalem. 